This is the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from GoBundance. The tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous people who choose to live epic lives. Listen Tuesdays for featured guests and Fridays for GoBundance member spotlights. But listen always to hear how our guests have grabbed life big. Now, here's your host, Jamie Gruber. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. I'm excited today. I met this guy through Instagram, and he uh, he shortly after that signed up as a GoBundance member. He's active duty Navy. He's a real estate investor and just a young, up-and-coming, driven dude. You're going to really enjoy him. So welcome to you, Doug Spence. What's going on, brother? Hey, Jamie. How are you? Great, man. Great. Glad to have you. So happy to have you on. Uh, you're a fairly recent GoBundance brother. You're You're like, you know, you're, I can, you have that new GoBundance smell on you still. <laughs> yeah, it's just less than two weeks ago now that, that I joined, but I'm super excited, really glad to be part of the tribe. Yeah, you had a lot of connection to it prior to, right? It, it, was, uh, it was something where this just felt like a natural progression for you. But let's hear about you. So I talked about Navy, active duty Navy, real estate investing, all of that. Where are you from? Give us the story of you. Yeah, so originally from Houston, Texas, born and raised there, uh, went to... Uh, undergrad at Baylor University in Waco, Texas, soon after joined the Navy. Uh, so I went to Navy Officer Candidate School in 2009 in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, soon after graduating that, I moved down to Pensacola, Florida for flight school for two years. And then I moved to the Central Valley of California for some more flight training for a year. Hmm. Then moved out to Japan for three years had an apartment in Tokyo, did a lot of travel, uh, did three carrier deployments um, out there and lived out there from 2012 to 2015. Then I moved back to Pensacola, Florida to be a flight instructor uh, for three years. Um, I bought my first rental property then uh, there in Pensacola. And then in 2018, moved to San Diego and I've lived here ever since. Love living in San Diego. And uh, yeah, my, my real estate journey got started there in Pensacola, bought first property there as a primary residence, still own that property to this day. And uh, then just got, you know, started in real estate, you know, along the way, like dedicated real estate investing, not a primary residence. So uh, started buying turnkey in 2018 and just mm-hmm. kind of progressed from there. Go back to the Navy, joining the Navy, 2009, you said, um, what was, what, why, what, what precipitated the decision to, to go into the, go into the military, go military uh, life and all of that? Yeah, I, I think it was two big things. One, I wanted to be a part of something bigger than myself, you know, and have that strong sense of purpose. And two, uh, I wanted to travel a lot. Um, I had lived in Houston, hadn't traveled a ton growing up, and I just wanted to see the world, you know, so, uh, and the Navy was a great way to do that. And I've been, been all over and, uh, been able to check a lot of boxes as far as travel, both domestic and international. No, no doubt. Japan is one of those spots. You mentioned you lived there, you had an apartment. What, uh, what takeaways from, from that time? Like when you reflect on being a resident, if you will, uh, of, a, of another country, what, well, how has that shaped you or, or just some, I don't know, any stories or takeaways that you have from being there? Yeah, I think you can learn so much uh, from living somewhere. You know, we 
you know, we, we like traveling places, usually one, two, three weeks at a time, but you really learn so much more about a place when you're immersed in that culture and you see that there's different ways of doing things that you hadn't really thought of before. And especially Japan, because their culture is so different. It's a, it's a real shock at first when you move over there because most people don't speak English, but uh, it, it was a real fantastic experience uh, living over there and got to do some great travel over there. Fantastic skiing, snowboarding, uh, love snowboarding. So the snow over there is, is great, but yeah, it was overall just a, a, a fantastic experience living over there. Are you, are you going to park city by the way, snowboarding? That's the plan. Yes. Uh, <laughs> chatting with the San Diego GoBros about uh, getting a house. So um, I think we're going to finalize that this week and then we'll all just uh, stay in a house there in Park City. I'm really looking forward to that. You just reminded me of one of your your San Diego guys there, Tri Vu. I owe him, overdue, owe him a text. Tri, if you're listening to this, I will have spoken to you before this. My my bad. With Japan, you, you come, uh, did you learn Japanese while you were there or no? Just a little bit, uh, just, you know, enough to order food and direct a taxi around, that kind of stuff. That's funny. You know, it's become something for me as well. I've talked before about, um, you know, lifestyle design for me. Uh, now it includes travel and being able to. And we just booked um, uh, a trip, my wife, my two kids to the Dominican for about five weeks, uh, uh, starting right after Christmas and going through early February, except for one quick break that I'll take to be in Park City. I'm going to fly in and out of there. But um, we had to bu- we had to book a return. Because the country, unless you're a, a citizen, which my wife only is, uh, the rest of us aren't, um, requires you know that you you're only there three months, so you need to book a return. But it's tempting to stay longer because, like you said, to stay two three months for our kids to get immersed in that culture in a different place, especially because it's it's half of what they are. They're half Dominican and right. half you know American or whatever. Um, I think that's such an important thing, and I, I, it's amazing wisdom and, and from your perspective to say, hey, I want to travel, I want to see the world, I want to experience these cultures, and what you'll be able to serve uh, to your kids and and you know ex- have them experience one day is pretty pretty in- in- exciting. So very cool. Um, you're in Pensacola, you buy a property, you later move and you keep that property. Was that always the plan? It was. So I had just started listening to bigger pockets when I moved to Pensacola and I was renting a place for 1500 bucks a month. And I, I learned that I could buy a place in the same neighborhood that was nicer, more updated, better condition, newer. And my mortgage was only, or would only be around 1100 a month. So I was like, you know, uh, I do not know as much about real estate. Uh, didn't know as much then as I do now, but that was the was that a, was that a VA loan as well? Did you use the VA loan for that? No, that was not. So I did a uh, just a conventional mortgage on that one because the purchase price was so low. So my thoughts were save my VA loan for the future. You know, it was only one hundred ninety eight thousand, so I had the cash to put twenty percent down on Makes that. Um, but yeah, I did buy it with the purpose of renting it out eventually. But I just thought, hey, as long as I can rent it for a few hundred bucks more. Um, fast forward though, and I was able to rent it out for almost double the mortgage payment. So it really worked out well. And I'm still renting that one out for even more now and self-managing that one. That's the only one I still self-manage, but uh, that was most people's first properties, I think don't work out that well, but I, I got kind of lucky. Is that long-term or short-term at double the double the rent? Are you doing a long-term rental or a short-term rental? That's long-term rental. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, I, I did do short-term rental on it for the summer of 2018. Uh, and I, I, I made super host status and I did all of that myself. But um, I wasn't sure as we got into the winter months 
what it would be like. So I was like, let me just find long-term tenant. And they were, you know, they, that first tenant rented for 1950 and my mortgage was less than 1100 by that time. So it worked out pretty well. So <laughs> not bad, not bad at all. Very cool. So yeah. since then, what what have you? What's been your focus? So you moved to San Diego, or you said turnkey? Why turnkey? Where turnkey? And is that still what you're kind of scaling with going forward? So not really focusing on turnkey anymore. I think turnkey is a great way for people to get their foot in the door with real estate to see the value of real estate. Uh, you know, the cash flow, the tax advantages, all that stuff. Uh, but it's really not where I'm focusing now because I realized that if I want to hit my goals long-term, I can't do that by just buying one or two turnkey properties a year. I really have to you know, get more involved. So that's what got me to, into doing burrs. Uh, but yeah, I, I got started doing turnkey. I got connected with a, a fellow Navy, uh, fellow Navy guy who him and his roommate from the Academy started a turnkey company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, because they were tired of dealing with turnkey providers that are, not trustworthy, which is, you know, unfortunately pretty common. And I heard him talk on a podcast and I was one of the first people to buy from them. And that property still does well to, to this day and ended up buying three total properties from them. And uh, last year is when I shifted to, I need to do my own, uh, start doing burrs on my own. So, uh, and I, I owe a lot of that a lot of my ability to do that to one joining uh, a military real estate mastermind group that I joined last year and two David Green and, and Brandon Turner. Uh, I've, you know, huge fans of, of theirs on bigger pockets and especially David Green's books, long distance real estate investing in the Burr book were, were pivotal for me in my real estate growth. So shout out to David there. There you go. How do you, how do you vet a turn? Like you said about this, this, provider being, uh, you know, I guess you shared a value as far as, you know, service, military, all of that. But how do you vet a turnkey provider? Because I've heard some horror stories about turnkey providers, to your point. Um, A guy I know, I won't mention his name, is like, man, I don't know why ever. He has like 14 turnkeys and he's he's losing money on on the portfolio. So how do you vet a turnkey provider to make sure that it is something that is is profitable and tenable? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the, the evaluating the individual's on the team is so much more important than the numbers because no turnkey provider is going to show you a pro forma with numbers that, that don't work out. But um, I think it's, you know, getting good referrals, asking who they've worked with, you know, what, what happened when something went wrong, what happened when you lost money on some, how did they handle it? And those are the kind of questions I ask these guys. And, you know, we had that trust already because we're, you know, both in the Navy and, and all that. So, you know, I had that trust in them, from the beginning, but then it's just, just evaluating the people, not necessarily the deal, I think is, is huge for turnkey because it's very easy in turnkey to take advantage of investors because it's usually out of state. It's usually someone who doesn't know much about real estate. And so it's just, a people can really get into bad situations there if they're buying properties that, you know, it's just lipstick on a pig kind of properties. So no, that's, you know, and you say for turnkey, but that's really, I've had people ask me, you know, hey, when you're vetting a deal, multifamily, investing as a passive LP or whatever it might be, what are the, what do you look for? Like, and they, they what they're in, implying is, you know, what are the numbers? What what minimum IRR? What minimum returns? All that stuff. 
And I say, and and I've learned this from being around people in GoBundance. I always say, you know, who who are who is the operator? <laughs> like that. That's it. Like I I don't I don't care as much if it's a seven or a nine percent return. Like I'll take trusted seven percent return over you know like a preferred return over over I don't know you nine percent preferred return all day all day right so I, I look at that so i'm partnered with two other gobundance guys mark Henteman and, and nick amalexen in uh in quantum capital and we have a fund that's open and as we talk to investors it's really the questions that i that i get like who are you what do you do why why invest with you why invest with you folks like no one's really asking about specifically the returns they want to know about the people and i think that's the smart way to invest turnkey or otherwise so there's a lot of uh really good advice in there where are you burring right now Currently burring in uh, Oklahoma. So I bought my first um, off-market property in Oklahoma City last December. It's a duplex. And that was my first burr. Uh, finished it in June, did the cash out refi in June. And currently I'm focusing on Tulsa, Oklahoma. We have um, a flip that is going to be listed this week. That'll be our first flip. And then we have a burr property, our second burr in Oklahoma first burr in Tulsa. And that one is about halfway done with the rehab portion. So that's where we're focusing now. We've got a deal funnel built that gives us uh, leads for uh, motivated sellers. Got a great real estate agent there as uh, boots on the ground. Uh, and you know a lot of referrals from him for contractors. We have a project manager there that knows the real estate agent. So got a pretty solid team there in Tulsa. Very cool. So what's the what's the next phase? Is it scaling that business up? Do you have a certain milestone or goal that you have in mind for that? Or are you looking at other opportunities or the next level? Yeah, so I, we are still focused on Tulsa single family or really one to four unit residential for now. Uh, not a ton of two to four unit in Tulsa just because of that's not what they built there. Uh, but a lot of single family homes there, but definitely looking forward to getting bigger, you know, the natural real estate, you know, the natural progression of the real estate investor is, you know, single family home, two to four unit, and then getting into bigger stuff like multifamily. So uh, one of my goals for 2022 is to be a GP in some type of uh, syndication, whether it be multifamily or, you know, self-storage mobile home park. Um, I'm currently an LP in a mobile home park syndication. So kind of dipped my toe in the water on the LP side, but uh, just trying to learn more about the GP side, how to be a good GP, and uh, you know, try to get some experience with that in 2022. So that's kind of where I'm thinking, looking forward, while still doing the Tulsa stuff. I'd like to get the systems in place where the Tulsa stuff just kind of it doesn't run on its own, but it's you know, yeah, I have the systems and processes in place where it's less hands-on for me, so that I can focus more on. Uh, the next phase of you know syndications. Give me an idea on that because you also have a day job, right? You're you're an yeah. active duty individual, so that balance is always a question that pops up. Like, hey, you got day job side hustle. How do you balance it all? You mentioned systems and processes. Can you give me a couple examples for Tulsa? What are some systems or processes that you have in place that minimize your need to be sort of involved or engaged? Yeah, so I think it starts with the deal funnel. So I realized early on when I started uh, burring in Oklahoma, you know, I got the team together and then, you know, there's nothing on the MLS that fit my criteria. There's nothing from wholesalers that fit my criteria. So I realized very quickly, I need to create my own deal funnel to source my own off-market leads. So um, 
fast forward, you know, eight or nine months, I finally have a good team doing the deal funnel. You know, I have a team of virtual assistants that do that. So that's key. That's because I used to do all the SMS and cold calling like myself just before I went into work in the morning and being able to outsource that has been huge. They're, they're better at it than I am and they can do a lot bigger volume than I can. Um, so there's that, there's having a great agent on the ground that kind of gets the properties under contract. He builds rapport with the sellers. Then we have a project manager there that we pay to, to run the rehab. Um, and there's that. And then looking at building out, having an administrative assistant, which currently is my mom. So shout out to my mom there. Uh, she's awesome, extremely organized, and she's kind of getting that started so that once it grows, um, there's there's already an SOP in place for how that should go. So it's really just slowly building the pieces of the puzzle um, on the systems and process side so that it can eventually run on its own or mostly run on its own. Talk about virtual assistants for a second, because this is something that, you know, I think more and more people should take advantage of. You know, uh, there's it's the supply and demand issue fixed, right? There's a ton of supply and and on on here, at least there's a lot of demand. And I, I have two virtual assistants and they are unbelievable workers. I mean, they, they're, yeah. they're smart and and I mean, you know, it's it's you you wonder how are they how are they able to with what they ask to be paid? How are they able to sustain a life? But, you know, in certain countries, it's uh, uh, it's enough, I guess. But how do you identify like I mean, just get a little granular. How do you identify virtual assistants? Where do you go? Is there a website you use? And then how do you onboard and train them to ensure that they're they're you know, they're, they're able to, to operate independently. I think the easiest way to do it is not necessarily go with, you know, hiring an individual off of Upwork or um, the, there's a few other fiber, a few other sites. I think the best way to do it if you're getting started is to go with the company because a lot of these companies, you know, have VAs that work under them and they do a lot of the vetting, a lot of the hiring. You can get references for other clients that that company uh, works for. And so they do a lot of that vetting for you. So I think that's a good way to get started. And, and the VAs that I'm using now for lead generation, they are part of a company. So, and I got referred to that company um, from actually the real estate software, the CRM that I use to do the SMS and cold calling um, referred from, from that company. So these, these, uh, these VAs are experts in that software, which is what I needed. So that's how I got referred to them. Makes sense. Okay. All right, just real quick, because we we talked about this, I want to make sure for those who aren't overly familiar with terms like Burr and Turnkey, Burr is a, a real estate term of buying, uh, rehabbing, renting, refinancing, and repeating. So B R R R R. I don't know how many R's that is, right? Yeah. Uh, and Turnkey is essentially like somebody else does that Burr, in essence, and then sells it to you with a tenant in place and management in place. So it's turnkey for you. You get to buy a property with a tenant, fully rehabbed for usually a fairly reasonable price. And you just kind of enjoy the cash flow is the theory behind it. But like you talked about, you need to vet and make sure you have the right turnkey provider. So that makes perfect sense. Okay. On the GP side, so being a general partner, um, how do you, I'm just curious, like, how do you plan to, like, what, what's the, when you say you want to be on the GP side of a self-storage fund or a multifamily fund, like how do you plan to find that opportunity or what's the strategy to finding an opportunity to be on the general partnership side? Because it is the more, it's more active, obviously, but it is, can be much more profitable. So how do you kind of get in on a GP deal? Because a lot of people want to do that. They want to go from LP to GP. How, what's your plan? Yeah. So the, 
a lot of it is just networking. Um, that's my plan at least. So I'm in a, the mastermind group that I've been in for the last year and a half is fantastic. Uh, Dave Perret started it along with Stu Grazier. Stu Grazier is the guy who uh, I started doing the turnkey with. So there are a lot of guys in that group that are doing syndications. And so I've just been reaching out, um, talking to those guys, just learning from them. Um, and that's kind of my plan is to just get with one of those guys who I already know, they already know me and work with them and kind of dip my toe in the water. I guess dip toe in the water is not the, the best way to put it, but you know, yeah. uh, I, I see myself raising money, uh, for, for a, a syndication and, and that being how I, how I get started in and then get involved with, you know, the meetings and all that stuff and just start learning from there. Why do you see that as your, your avenue raising capital? Curious. Um, because Jamie, you, you and I are both connectors, right? I think you're more of a super connector, but I just love chatting real estate with people. And I think one of my strengths is connecting people. So uh, as you talked about recently, I think on your Instagram, you know, being able to recognize, hey, you, you're, you know, you're looking for this. I, I know another person over here that has what you're looking for. Why don't I just connect the two of you? So it's really just just doing that. And so, you know, on the syndication side, it's knowing people with capital that want a good return, but but don't have the time or the inclination to, to you know build their own team and burr and all that stuff. So just say, hey, I, I know you have capital. There's this opportunity over here if you're interested. So it's really just connecting people. I love it. No, I agree with you. It's, it's a skill that I I always undervalued, didn't understand, had value in in, in many ways. Not necessarily, I mean, yes, for me, but for others, right? The ability to connect people to one another to kind of hear what this one's doing and say, oh, I, got, I know a guy that would really benefit from knowing you and you would benefit from knowing them or whatever, or a gal and putting those people together or to your point, connecting uh, an opportunity to uh, a need, you know, hey, I'm, I'm looking to invest. I mean, that's popping up now. We're, as we record this, we're coming to the end of 2021. And there are a lot of people with capital looking to place it so that they can get the tax benefit of say bonus depreciation, right? So it's like it's it's prime time to get that to get that uh, that write off before year end, so you have that for your 2021 tax year. So there are those needs out there, and having opportunities or people to connect them to is so powerful, so valuable. Yeah. I, I think it's important to note that you have if you're going to be a connector, you have to connect without any expectation of receiving something, because if you're like, hey, remember when I connected you? So where's my cut or whatever. Like people don't like that. Like you're just an asshole that's, you know, connecting people with, you know, only if you can get something out of it. So I think it's, and it all goes back to providing value to others, just trying to find uh, ways to provide value to others. And if it's just writing an email with, with both people on it, I mean, it's such a big potential ROI for, for those individuals with very low uh, effort on, on our, on our part. So it's a no-brainer for me, just connecting folks and just thinking of others and thinking of ways to provide value to others. I love that. The great book Adam Grant wrote called uh, uh, Give and Take, and he, he chronicles a giver, a taker, and then a matcher, which is kind of what you're describing. Like, I'm doing with the expectation of receiving, and you know, I, I, I'm with you. When you give 
it will come back to you. May not may not be one to one, but when you general generally are putting a lot of of value out into the world, value returns to you. You don't have to think about it or worry about it or ask for it. It just will. You have to have some trust in that. And being in something like GoBundance for me at least has been uh, a, a big lesson in that. We might have talked about this when we chatted, but it's it's uh, when you go into an organization that values contribution, which is one of the pillars of GoBundance, and contribute. All others want to contribute as well. And there's just ways that it comes back. Could be could be amazing experiences, could be a financial return, could be all of the above, great experiences for the, for your family, for your wife, for your husband, whomever. Um, all of that I've seen manifest as a result of not thinking about, okay, I just joined, what do I get? It's more right. like, I just joined, how can I give, right? That's exactly. kind of the difference, so. And on that point, before we pivot over to kind of the one sheet, I'm kind of curious because you are like we like I said, you've got that shiny new GoBro glow on you right now. Uh, a couple of weeks in at this point, you know, kind of talk, talk about, you know, just for folks that are maybe, you know, thinking about joining or just joining or whatever. But what's it been for you in the first two weeks? I know there's not a lot that that's gone on. You haven't gotten a GoPod yet, I don't think, and all of that. But just initial sort of impression or thoughts or learnings or things that have happened uh, that you would share about being a, a brand new GoBundance member. Yeah, well, I was pretty familiar with the mastermind as a whole before I joined because, um, you know, hearing David and Brandon talk about it on Bigger Pockets, and then that's what got me into listening to the podcast. So um, I've listened to a ton of episodes of the podcast, heard a bunch of one sheets. So I kind of knew knew the the deal, knew the, the the pillars and all that stuff. So most of that stuff was not a surprise to me, but I think what has surprised me is, you know, just really just getting into that Facebook group and seeing how engaged uh, everyone is. And, you know, like we talked about looking to provide value, uh, there's people all asking questions and lots of people responding, uh, trying to help out in in any way they can. And, and really just connecting, being able to connect both virtually and person with people that um, have the same, same kind of mindset of always trying to improve and not just trying to improve, but trying to find balance. You know, it's not just about getting wealthy or, or whatever. It's, you know, having good personal relationships, uh, being able to give back, being able to spend time with your family and all that. So being around those like-minded people that also seek balance, I think that's been, uh, you know, it's it's not just a talking the talk, it's walking the walk too. And I've seen that just in the 10 days since I've joined. Nice. You already connected with some guys local to you, it sounds like too, yeah? Yeah, we have a WhatsApp group. I haven't met any of them personally because I was out of town until last Friday on a work trip and I'm leaving tomorrow, um, heading out of town again, but looking to meet up with them uh, probably middle to the end of this month. And then we're all going to, well, a few of us are going to have a house together in Park City. So looking forward to that too. Oh, nice. Yeah, my pod and I got a house in Park City as well. We just uh, just did it. And it's funny, yeah, like we have uh, about 14, 15 guys in Michigan and um, where I am. And just this morning, I called the guy because I'm like, well, hey, I'm going to be in the Dominican for the month of January. I don't want to bring all my winter clothes there to then have to go to Park <laughs> City and back. So can I throw this stuff to you? So he's going to, you know, like load it on the plane and bring it down there for me. Just that camaraderie locally is a small example, but it's it's good to have. So good for you, man. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun to get you involved and we'll yeah. get to meet you in Park City. So, all right, let's dive into the one sheet questions. We're going to go pillar by pillar, starting with horizontal income. And let's start with a simple question. If you're comfortable sharing, what is your current horizontal income and how many lines is that? So horizontal net income for 2021, uh, right around 50,400. 
That's and net. That, so you're, you're you're taking out your tax, your your you know whatever maintenance costs you've had on your properties. That's net to you. Right. That is including like property taxes and all that stuff. Not necessarily end of year taxes, but yeah, that's that's money going into the checking account after paying property management and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, and then that is eight lines of income, which I'm counting the. LP in the syndication. We rent out the bottom floor of our house here in San Diego. I'm counting that as one plus uh, homes that the business owns as well. Makes sense. And uh, what percentager are you at this point? So that would be that's horizontal to net worth. No, just the percentage of your expenses covered by passive income. So your horizontal income. There should be a a percentage on there. That shows like how much of your, so in other words, like what's your, what are your expenses per year? Your total expenses per year? Uh, expenses per year, 114,000. So 9,500 a month. And that's including a $4,800 mortgage payment on our house here in San Diego. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. So, all right. So if you're 114 out and you've got 50K in, you're like 40-ish percentager essentially at this point, right? Somewhere right. in that th- thirty-eight to forty-two percent of your of your expenses are covered by horizontal income. That's what that uh, percentage is. I'll walk you through it, man. You're new. It's okay. We can. We can. <laughs> I think forty-four percent. I see financial freedom percentager right here. Is that it? That's it. So you're okay, forty-four percent. Yeah, All right. Yeah, my math isn't great. So yeah, fifty fifty thousand in one hundred and fourteen out forty-four percent. So that's your your financial. Your target is to be a one hundred percenter, obviously, right? right. To have one hundred and fourteen thousand in, one hundred and fourteen thousand out. That is true financial freedom. You have no no need to work. You can, but you have no need to work at that point. So right, that's what that is. How about your horizontal net worth ratio? What does that look like? Horizontal to net worth is five percent. Okay, that's solid. That's very solid. Good for you, man. All right, let's dive over. Oh, actually, so do you have uh, assets outside of real estate as a percentage of your net worth or is pretty much all of your net worth real estate at this point? Uh, I would say one third of the net worth is just like IRAs, like retirement accounts, just in low cost index funds. And then 10% is liquid and the rest is real estate. No crypto? Uh, I didn't include crypto. I do own a little bit of Ethereum and IOTA that I bought back in uh, three or four years ago. Uh, I'm not I'm not super into the crypto. A lot of that's because I don't know anything about it. But yeah, there's a Bitcoin micro tribe you should check out. And I saw that. Uh, I, I'm the same. I bought Ethereum at a decent price early. Actually, I was I was in Austin and Sergio Altamore show. I literally didn't know how to do like how do I buy it. So he <laughs> yeah. showed me, got me an account and showed me, and I I bought like ten thousand dollars worth of Ethereum. Um, and then when was I recently, that? Was that years ago? No, 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 no. It was earlier this year. So I, I'm oh, okay. up a bit. I'm up a yeah. bit, but nothing. I'm a recent adopter, and even Bitcoin. I've been, <laughs> I've been watching it and watching it. And uh, Damian Lupo, thanks to him, thank you, Damian Lupo, was like, "Are you waiting for it to get to hundred thousand a coin?" <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." So I bought one coin at sixty thousand, and then the nice. next day, next day it went to fifty eight. So it went down immediately, which the same thing happened to me with Ethereum. But now it's it's as of this recording, it's back up, and all projections seem to be. That is going to be a, a good buy long term, and I'm actually tempted to, to to buy more, but we'll see what yeah. happens. So, recent adopter to Bitcoin. Happy to share my limited knowledge if you need it. <laughs> Let's jump over to age defying health. So, what is your current weight and your current body fat percentage? Okay, I don't weigh myself very often. I don't 
think we even own a scale, but I've, I've hovered around 180 to 185 for the last 10 years. So I, I put myself at about 182 right now. Got it. Yeah. What's the body fat percentage? Do you have any sense? Uh, estimating 15 to 20%, but how tall are you? Six feet. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, I wasn't sure if you're like me, five, five, seven, five, six kind of thing, but now you're a taller dude. Uh, and what's the daily diet exercise diet look like and exercise routine? So diet wise, um, about six months ago, my wife and I kind of shifted more towards focusing more on, on vegetables. Uh, we're not strict vegetarians or vegans by any means, but we have increased the percentage of our diet that comes from vegetables. So um, I probably eat meat, uh, you know, maybe twice a week, you know, talking pork, beef, chicken. I do eat fish a few times a week, but uh, a lot of salads, a lot of, you know, regular vegetables. And we try to keep it very, not eating the same vegetables all the time. Uh, and then on the workout side, uh, one of my daily things is, you know, doing something fit, fitness related every day. So I'll probably hit the gym for weights three to four times a week, run two to three times a week and try to work in some stretching as well. If I'm traveling and I don't have time to get in a good workout, I, I usually do 10 to 15 minutes of stretching. So try to do something fitness related every day. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Okay. How about family? So you're married currently, correct? Yes, sir. Tell me a little bit about wife, kids, future, not maybe not not in the cars. Who knows? What's that look like? What's the family look like? Yeah. So my wife's uh, name is Kate, and she is also in the Navy. She is a Navy JAG, which is like a attorney, like a military attorney. And she is pregnant with our first. Um, she just finished her first trimester. And so we're expecting our first in um, the end of April. So very excited about that. Uh, I already joined the dad micro tribe as well to you know learn as much as i can and uh but yeah um she's actually out in hawaii right now for work so gonna fly out there tomorrow to see her so good for you man that's amazing and congratulations for one on the way and yeah it's great that you're planning and getting ahead of it and it's uh I feel like being a dad is like the Mike Tyson quote, like great plan, but then until you get punched in the face or something like that, yeah, that's just simply not sleeping. That's the punched in the face part is the not sleeping part. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Enjoy. If, anyone, if anyone has any books, uh, I've read one book uh, about it, but open to, uh, I'm a big reader. So any other books, any GoBros recommend, please send it my way. I'll give you two real quick at the, at the baby stage. It's about, you know, anything sleep training, any sleep training. So the Ferber method, there's a couple of, but just Google sleep training books. That'll be helpful. And you know, you're going to have to deal with it for the first few months. I mean, a baby's a baby, right? But there is a point in time where they're developed enough for you to train them to sleep through the night and they, they don't, you know, whatever. So there's great books in that regard. And okay. then as they age, uh, you know, a year, maybe two years, it's how to speak. So my, my child will listen i think is the name of the book that book was fire we talked about that in the dad's micro tribe and put it out there a little bit that book has just great i mean it just it pointed to everything i was doing wrong essentially and uh, it gave me gave me the correct way to do it so uh, i'm cool. butchering the name of it a little bit but you, you can google that and find it for anybody listening so um good for you man congratulations on the on the baby up and coming that's incredible thank you uh, what what does your life happiness happiness index look like right now yeah, let me get over there. Okay, currently 7.3. That's pretty good. What's the lowest in there? Like where where's the the struggle, if any? The lowest is giving back. I have it at three, just because we don't really 
uh, that's something I want to, I, I need to focus more on is, is giving back both time and, and money. Um, and then the other low one is horizontal income, which is at a five. Wow. You're actually doing okay. I feel like with horizontal income, but that uh, good for you, man. You got high standards, uh, you know, yeah, so that's all. Awesome. So the goal is to, I've got another seven and a half years until I retire from the Navy. And yeah. the goal is to completely replace both my income and my wife's income on the W2 side by the time I retire. So um, that's the goal. Makes sense. Makes sense. The, uh, the service one is interesting to me or giving back given that you are serving our country, right? Like your whole life has been dedicated. To service. I feel like, I feel like you've got contribution, like that bucket's full overflowing, but you're seeing it a little bit differently. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think, you know, hearing guys on the podcast talk about, you know, how much they're able to give, whether it's financially or, or time, um, you know, and I just haven't been doing that as much. So that's kind of the context I that I think about it. But I guess you could look at it uh, in, in a way I, I have. I, maybe I should have a higher number on, on the give back. But I still think there's more I could do. I, um, one thing I do want to do is I really enjoy helping military members learn more about real estate and the value of real estate. So what I'm thinking about doing is, you know, giving my time for free to people doing that, like, counseling or consulting, whatever, uh, just to folks doing that. And then I would just count that as like, you know, an hourly thing and, and count that towards my give back. So that's an Makes idea sense. I had that I'll probably start doing in uh, 2022. Makes sense. I like that. What about adventures? Any, uh, what do you have coming up? Any, any big adventures other than potentially Park City? Um, so my adventure travel is a 10, uh, just because the nature of my job is, uh, you know, been able to do a lot of cool stuff and uh, both, you know, in naval, naval aviation and stuff I'm doing on the ground side now. So been able to do a lot of cool stuff that people never, never really get to do. And then on the travel side, I travel a lot for work, a lot of cool places, you know, Utah, um, Nevada, Hawaii, uh, Hawaii. Yeah. Go to Hawaii a bunch. Um, and then all the international travel I've done in the past, you know, did, uh, RV around New Zealand for two and a half weeks and trip nice. you know, Southeast Asia for two weeks. So uh, I've been to Australia three times. So I've been able to do a lot of great travel and a lot of adventure stuff, you know, skydive, hang gliding, bungee jump, all that stuff. So um, that's why my adventures at a tent. So Got it. there's a guy local to me, uh, uh, the original Michigan guy for GoBundance, Brent, Brent Flewelling. He did the RVing around New Zealand at one point. I'll have to connect you guys. That's cool. It's, it's fantastic. It's an amazing country. If you, if you haven't been, it's, it's exceptional. Good for you, Matt. Very cool. Well, let's wrap this up with a question from the GoBundance card game. Uh, the king of clubs. Clubs. Yeah, that's clubs. Uh, is, <laughs> is the card. I get them all confused every week. I'm going to get these down one time. But here's the question. If you were unexpectedly given an award with no explanation... What would your friends and family assume you had done to earn this award? I think it would have something to do with slumlording. All my you know coworkers and friends and family called me a slumlord, so um, it would be something to do with with that. I think. Isn't it funny? I mean, I know they're joking with you and messing with you, but it's what a lot of people uh, uh, have in their lives that makes them find a go abundance, right? Is, yes. There's a there's a joke, but. 
you know, there's also this perception. And when you start talking about this in your normal circles, what you're doing, all that you're building on the side, it becomes, you know, vilified. I, especially in the real estate space, I, I'm not getting a midnight call or what about, don't you hate dealing with this? Or it's like, and none of it's real. So you get around people, men's, women's uh, organizations in GoBundance or whatever, or even Ascend, right? Any of the groups in, in GoBundance where you're talking to people about things and, you know, they're, you, you can, it's, it's open discussion. In fact, you're talking about how you can build on that and how you can grow from it. Uh, that's how we find a GoBundance, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I agree. I think it's just being around like-minded people because if you're just, you know, surrounded by people who plan on doing their W-2 until they turn 65, they, they just they just don't get it. So, yeah, I love agree. It, love it. Before we jump over to, I want to hear where where people can find more about you and talk about uh, some of the stuff you're doing on the on the thought leader platform side. Did you was Top Gun at all a factor in your decision to go into naval <laughs> aviation? Was there a, was there a need for speed or fly by my tower? Any of that stuff? I mean, give me something here. No, not really. Growing up, I mean, I never really thought about joining the military. Like growing up, they, there are those guys that you know they want to go fast, they want to do jets and stuff, and. Um, I never really expected that. Even when I went to the military recruiter, the, the only reason he he talked about it was he was like, yeah, aviation needs, you know, they need people right now. Like, have you, have you, uh, why don't you take the aviation test? And I was like, I don't know anything about it. And he's like, just take it anyway. It did well enough. And then fast forward and uh, here I am. But uh, th- that wasn't necessarily a dream, but I've just gotten, I think, really lucky uh, with what I've been able to do and and a lot of it's timing as well. So yeah, but it's been a great experience. Is there a secret of the military to the, the jaw clink, the Val Kilmer uh, jaw clink in Top Gun where you can actually <laughs> hear it? Like yeah, it's, that's it's, part it's, of, that's part of flight school along with uh beach volleyball. Yeah. I knew it. Yes, exactly. Oiled <laughs> up beach volleyball and jaw clink. Jaw exactly. clink. Well, that's why yeah. it's in Pensacola. So you can learn all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. Talk about honor and equity. This is how I connected to you uh, through your Instagram account, honor and equity. Talk a little bit about what that is and what you're doing with that and how people can find you with it. Yeah. So my mastermind group that I joined a year and a half ago, um, they uh, challenged people to to create your own thought leadership platform. And so uh, it started as a blog and just wanted to help military members veterans and their and their families just learn more about real estate and learn the value of you know investing and and, and buying real estate just to provide for the, for their families and uh, have financial freedom someday and not have to work that that nine to five so that's kind of what started it and I just started writing articles and now with the website honor and equity.com got over 30 articles on there and then the Instagram page at honor and equity. We we put out a lot of great content on there and just just trying to help just trying to help people learn more about real estate. I love connecting with with people, really anyone, but especially those military members that are fresh out of boot camp, fresh out of officer candidate school, fresh out of the academy. That know real estate is is good is a good way to build wealth, but they just don't know how to do it. And I love talking to those people and helping helping them get started in the right direction. Yeah, it's honor and and equity.com, honor and equity, same thing, all all uh, spelled out on the Instagram uh, profile. It's a great page, a lot of good content, and the website is, uh, is, like you said, chock full with articles and everything else on there. So, man, Doug, this is amazing. I appreciate you, uh, you jumping in, uh, like I said, just soon after joining and being part of the podcast. And uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. It's been a blast. Thanks for having me.
that's it for this episode, but be sure you subscribe for future episodes. Give us a rating and review as well. It just helps us grow the podcast, grow the reach, and give as much value as we can to you on a week-to-week basis. Be sure to go over and check out GoBundance.com while you're at it. Check out Emerge if you're a future millionaire, our elite division if you're in that $1 to $5 million range, or our champion division at $5 million plus. Or on the women's side, GoBundance Women is available for all of you to join an amazing group of millionaire entrepreneurial women. And if you haven't already, jump on tribeofmillionaires.com and order the book that is the namesake of this podcast. And you'll learn all about what this whole GoBundance thing is, what masterminds are about, and the power of community, accountability, connection, and all of that as you pursue your goals. Thanks for listening again. We'll talk to you soon. 